Imagine, a podcast series by Imagine Theatre. Hello again. Welcome to episode 52 of this podcast series. And this time we're celebrating a rather special birthday for Imagine Theatre here at their base in Coventry. For more information, go to their website at www.imaginetheatre.co.uk. I hope you enjoyed the last episode from Staffordshire University, where we met course leaders and students to talk about the very first MA in Contemporary Pantomime Practice. Remember that and all of the other previous episodes are still available to download. All you have to do is go to where you normally get your podcasts from and while you're at it, subscribe to the series and you won't miss out in the future. So May is a special month for Imagine Theatre as it celebrates its 18th birthday and in this episode we're going to hear from a number of people who've contributed to the company's success. Hello there, this is Andy Costa from the band Blue and I was lucky enough to be part of the Aladdin team at the De Montfort Hall in Leicester back in 2019 playing Abenaza. It was an amazing experience and I cannot wait to be back with the Imagine team uh, at the Beck Theatre in Hayes this Christmas in Beauty and the Beast. I just want to say a big, big happy birthday to Imagine and the team and thank you very much for letting me be part of your family. Lots of love. It's Jess Sandry. Happy 18th birthday, Imagine Theatre. My first panther was 2008 at Porth Call. I also worked at Crew and then many other years at Porth Call, playing the baddie many times, which I loved every second of, and So Shy and lots of other parts. And I loved every second of it, especially Porth Call. Love it there. Thank you, Imagine, for everything. I've made some beautiful friends. We're still called friends now. And it's thanks to Imagine Theatre that I have my beautiful daughter, Sienna, who's now seven. So love you all. Happy birthday. The driving force behind this is, of course, Managing Director Steve Bowden and his wife, Business and Marketing Director Sarah Bowden. Now, Steve, I have to say, in many ways, it actually feels like yesterday, doesn't it? And that is the scary thing. Everybody says in life, as you get older, time passes quicker. And it's so true. It literally does. I mean, I remember when I first started with Ian and Will back in 1998, and that was when we were Telltale and that was a company that they'd set up and that was pre-tweenies and that was, you know, doing Belgrade Panto. And here we are, what, 25 years on and Imagine's about to celebrate its 18th. And literally, it, you can almost recall your life by the Panto seasons that you've done. And I'm guessing everybody who works in Panto probably feels the same, but yeah, it's flown by. So for those people who don't know, just set the scene because as you've said, you were producing pantomimes before Imagine. Uh, Telltale and Wish. What was the difference 18 years ago? What happened? So 18 years ago, Telltale Productions had been bought by Entertainment Rights because they were very keen to secure all of the great television properties that Ian and Will and the Telltale team had created. And it was an opportunity for significant investment. But what they didn't really get was the the, the theatre element and what we were doing in Panto Land and the live shows that we were creating for preschool. Telltale Theatre Productions was absorbed and Ian, Will, Carl Woolley and myself and Helen Cadwallader uh, set up a separate company called Wish. Uh, And then Will, Ian, myself and Helen started putting the pantomime business through Wish. Uh, And that enabled us to maintain the contracts that we had and also to carry on growing it because we all loved it. Very soon after, the opportunity came for Sarah and I to buy Ian and Will out because they weren't wanting to focus more on the TV arm. And therefore, you know, 
at that time we said we really need to rebrand because we've lost the W and the I and the H. And Imagine just felt the right name. We looked at all sorts of names, but Imagine just kind of tied in with the imagination and the creation and the creativity um, that pantomime creates amongst young people, as does going to the theatre amongst all people. You use your imagination. everyone at Imagine and all the Imagine podcast listeners. Um, it's Kim Shepherd. I have done various pantos with Imagine over the years in Fife and Falkirk. I just wanted to share a brief memory of the first time we did Cinderella in Kirkcaldy and the curtains opened during the transformation to reveal the flying horse and cart and the gasp and the reaction from the audience is just something I'll never ever forget. So magical. Happy birthday! What was that first year like then? Because that was the first year it was your company and that was the first year that Sarah had really come on board as well, wasn't it? It was, yeah. And it's kind of, you you, you kind of take a step back and you go, wow, okay, we now have the opportunity here to, between us, grow the business in whatever direction we want. And I think that sense of ownership makes you, it really focuses you in on what works and what doesn't. And I've always been a great believer in taking your time to understand the market, understand the business, understand what it is that you want to do. And gradually we were able to start to develop the structure of the company. And Sarah was brilliant at bringing in sort of like the back office continuity and the back office foundations that would allow us to grow the business. You know, we were able to put heads of departments into place. We were able to kind of solidify the work that we'd done with Whittle and Ian and really turn it into a properly structured company that would allow us to expand, which was what we kind of wanted to do. Not because it was a driver of something that I wanted, that I wanted to take lots of pantos on, but actually because companies and theatres and colleagues were coming to us saying, we'd love to work with you and that was lovely it, it kind of grew from the ground up it wasn't about us going out and searching for contracts and searching for business we were able to start kind of growing because we were working with theatres producing and other theatres were seeing what we were doing and coming and talking to us and also because in the early days there was a lot of procurement through local authorities of their pantomime provision and Sarah had a great background in procurement and we were able to put together some kind of like some pitches for Panto that I think were different from what was out there 18 years ago, 15 years ago. It was a very different landscape from what it is now. Lots of things to be proud of over the last 18 years. Landmark moments, really. Getting your first major venue, for instance. Moving to this place as well. So what was the first real landmark when you really knew that the growth was continuing? I think it was probably at the point at which we acquired three fairly major contracts and we still have the honour of working with these venues because they are just a great team in Inverness, Eden Court, in Reading at the Hexagon and at the Victoria Theatre in Halifax. They were three contracts that we were awarded in fairly close proximity and I think that really felt like a kind of a moment where we were taking our next step up. And at that time, we brought additional members of the team on. And those additional members of the team not only helped with the capacity issues of, you know, putting on multiple pantos, but also brought a whole new set of skills to the to the table and, and, and were able to just help solidify, you know, the business that we were doing. So those were those were really key moments. And yeah, the move of premises was a really major <laughs> step, because as anybody who's moved a, a 
a pantomime company or indeed any theatrical company, but particularly a pantomime company, the time at which to make a business move, if you're going to move all your sets and your costumes and your special effects, is at Christmas when you're busy doing pantos and your brain is already super saturated. And so we knew, and it was a couple of years of planning, that if we wanted more more space, which was a necessity because we were expanding so much, to accommodate the sets and the costumes and the effects that we were amassing and our expansion plans moving forward, we knew that we would have to do a Christmas move. We would have to find a premises that we could move the sets out of the old premises at the start of the season and then move everything back into brand new premises which had to be all geared up to receive all the infrastructure early January. I remember the year so vividly. I was directing over at Loughborough Town Hall with yourself and we literally were due to uh, exchange and complete (laughs) a a beginning of December. And I literally remember in tech getting a phone call from Sarah saying, I think the deal's off. I don't think this is going to go through in time because there's some hold-up in the transfer of, of documents. It, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I just remember having this kind of feeling in the pit of my stomach that we were absolutely stuffed because it was all motoring along and we knew the minute we got the the building, we were going to have to deep clean it. We were going to have to build all the bays for the sets to arrive. And so I remember speaking to the estate agents and them saying, look, this isn't going to happen in time and thinking, oh, Christ, all right, well, that's this year out because we can't afford to move Mm. 40 trailers worth of scenery at any other time. And so literally saying to them, well, look, if it doesn't happen now, we're we're off, take us away. We can't do this deal because we're going to have to look for somewhere else or we're going to have to wait for 12 months. And then I literally remember, literally, we'd got Loughborough open and I was just leaving Loughborough and we got a call saying, oh no, it's all back on. Whatever problems they had had materialised and then dematerialised and we were then back on. And I literally remember us having to book a company to deep clean, book the brilliant team over at the Belgrade Workshops who very kindly, having got their pantos out the way, were able to come in and build us all the bays to receive all the scenery. Mm. And literally we had a team of people in and they left. They did a deep clean, I think, the first two weeks of December. They left on Christmas Eve. Boxing Day, we had people in to paint the floor, to get all the the floors painted and get it all set up. And literally the first wagon worth of scenery came, I think, literally 4th of January. The floors, thank <laughs> God, were dry. And then and it all came. I mean, it was literally skin of your teeth. But often, you know, that's when you get the best outcomes. But this is a completely different world to the early days where you had, you know, disparate warehouses all over the country <laughs> with sets in one city and costumes up north in York and so on. How did that ever work? It was a real logistical nightmare, to be honest. I mean, it, we were so lucky with costume that Dawn, who's been with us for God, forever as our head of wardrobe, uh, she was working with us when we had our costume store in Banbury. And her mum was also had a, a costume company up in York. And uh, when we knew we had to move the costumes out of their store because we'd run out of space, Dawn said, well, look, why don't I see if we can take them up to York, up to the stores up there, and I'll operate the costume department from from, from up there. And it was a brilliant solution because yeah. it meant that we kept the skill of Dawn and we kept the costumes together. We got more space. And so that sorted that problem out. And yeah, we had sets in our, our original premises in Coventry. We had sets over in storage in Redditch. We had, we did, we had them all over the place. And that was when I think Sarah and I went, this is crazy. We've got so much different, so many different premises. The logistics are a nightmare. Uh, it's also costing us a lot of money. We just need to get a big premises. And it, you know, it was a massive financial commitment, but we had to take it. And I'm so pleased that we did. <laughs> 
Happy birthday, Imagine Theatre, from me, Jason Mark Williams. It's been an absolute pleasure to have been involved with the company for the last eight years, and thank you for the opportunity to be able to develop as a performer and as a creative, and I hope we'll have a relationship for loads more years to come. Have a great day! Hello, Imagine Theatre, Sam Bailey here. Just wanted to say a massive happy birthday to you. 18 years, how amazing. I have the privilege of being involved in Jack and the Beanstalk, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin and Peter Pan. It was an absolute pleasure being in those shows. You guys are an absolutely amazing family and I hope you have many, many more birthdays celebrated in the future. Have a wonderful day and I hope to see you real, real soon. It was a pleasure working with you on those four pantos and I hope I get to do some more, but happy birthday. Have a wonderful day. God bless and I'll see you soon. We haven't really spoken in any great detail about the hires as well. We've talked about your own productions, but, you know, the hire department has grown enormously over the years as well. There probably isn't one theatre company or venue that hasn't used something of yours over the past 18 years. Yeah, we have a a great network of hirers who work with us and, and are very loyal. And I think in our early stages, and I think what maybe set us apart from others is we were investing in new designers and new styles of scenery that were much more vibrant, bright and perhaps identifiable to a younger audience in their sort of cartoon style than some of the sets that were being used by other producers and of designers of generations gone by where they were perhaps slightly less uh, bright, black outlined and bold and maybe more detailed and intricate. So uh, people liked that feel and that new style and that new feeling. And that's kind of very much kept with us. We've kept evolving the sort of style and visual representation of the scenery. But a lot of hirers would look to us to... And in fact, that's how the company started. We were just hiring. Mm. It was only as theatres were hiring from us and going, oh, actually, the shows that you're doing are better than the shows that we're currently doing internally. Would you like to come produce our shows? That's really how the whole thing kind of took off. But yeah, yeah we still do those hires and they account for a, a large proportion of what Imagine does at Christmas. So... What about those memorable moments, the sort of landmark moments uh, that you've had over the years directing your first show at the Hexagon, maybe? We talked about the sets, but the LED screen set uh, from Croydon, I think the first one was a few years ago. Any other sort of landmark moments like that that you're particularly proud of? I think, you know, setting the, the digital pantos up was a real big step change for what we were doing. That was probably the, the project that we funded entirely from uh, Imagine. We didn't work with any partners. It was a concept that I'd come up with back in the 2017, 2018 and worked with Laura, who came to join us, and Sarah and, and the team here and said, look, I just think if we're going to invest in infrastructure and we're going to invest in our own style of shows, we need to do something that's really, you know, really different from everyone else. And we had the opportunity to put a panto into the Fairfield Halls in Croydon, into the concert hall when it reopened, which was obviously a non-conventional space to put panto into. And those worlds all kind of married up beautifully. And then working with Mark Walters on that, we kind of went, hang on, this is really exciting. We're creating something here that could actually go into any space and allow us a, a, a template to put a panto into. But more importantly, we're doing something that nobody's really done. People have used screens in Pantos for a long time, but what we've actually done is integrated the screens and rooted them as the centrepiece of our scenic uh, elements of the show. And that was a really exciting moment. And obviously from that, we've, you know, we've kind of started work on subsequent titles. That was probably the biggest landmark investment and change in what we were doing that you can kind of say, right, that was a real gear change in our, in our work. But even, even things like, you know, we're, we're approaching our 
20th year we just done up in Kilmarnock. 10 years was a landmark. Yeah. 20 years was just fantastic. And, you know, some of the team are the same that were there. Janice, you know, theatre manager who's who's now left this year and she's going, she's moved over to the Gaiety in there, which is fantastic. And uh, the Palace Theatre in Kilmarnock just plays such a, you know, a special place in our heart. Mm. It was Ian Lachlan's first venue that he went he performed in as an amateur so and he was from Kilmarnock so that was a great you know it was lovely the way that all came about in the early days and Eric Potts who's now working with us is from there just down the the road so it's really strange how venues you know have a real you know you you find an instant connection with and you and you just love going back and and the palace is just such a great theatre Kilmarnock is such a lovely town and they love their panto and there's a real warmth every time we step in the area so that's a you know that's a special moment places like Reading working with Justin over in Reading you know that's become a real you know Justin and I have formed a real close bond on that panto and on other projects and you do I think all all panto producers have Mm -hmm. venues where they just feel a sudden connection with Leicester you know working with Anthony Flint Anthony started at the Belgrade and he was at the Belgrade when we were doing some of the pantos in the early 2000s and then he went across to Leamington Spa and we were doing the pantos at the Royal Spa Centre and we carry on doing them there in that great venue as we do in Coventry and then he's up in uh, Leicester Hmm. so we've carried on working you know been able to work and develop pantos in De Montfort Hall and then Tim Fagan up in up in Halifax again that was another early contract that we that we got and um you know, we've continued working very closely because we love that partnership approach. Yeah, we love working with the venue managers and the venue teams, and they're so welcoming and warm. And when you step in the theatre and you feel the mood of the venue and the mood of the town, that helps you create that panto. Hi, it's Laura here, associate producer and head of celebrity casting. I just want to wish Imagine Theatre a very, very happy 18th birthday. I am so proud and honoured to have been part of the Imagine story for the last six years. It's certainly been an amazing journey so far and no sign of letting up yet. So happy birthday, happy 18th and here's to many, many more happy celebrations. Hello, Sue Holden is here, and I would like to entitle this message, Happiness in Haze. Yes, I was lucky enough to play the Wicked Stepmother in Cinderella at the Beck Theatre last Christmas, and it was a hugely enjoyable experience. So thank you, and happy birthday to all at Imagine Theatre. Lovely chocolate. People are obviously crucial to any business aren't they and you've worked with a lot of people over a long period of time you know a number of people here in the headquarters and in the various venues some of the performers as well and it's great to have that ongoing relationship because everybody gets it don't they they do you know it shortcuts a lot of the you know they understand our style our ethos our brand Um, and pantomime is all about uh, familiarity audiences like to feel a familiarity with the art form but also with the venue and also with the people that they're going to see working with yourself for so many years on the Loughborough Pantomime in fact we were joking anything beginning with L (laughs) Martin's worked with us over at Loughborough and then in Leamington Spa and then at Leicester but they do I'm just concerned you might get the Liechtenstein uh, contract or something (laughs) Martin you're going away for a few few months to a different country but um, yeah you know those those links, Craig uh, Hollingsworth has done years over at the Belgrade. He started with us up at Crew. Ian Lachlan, obviously, who's a big, you know, focal point of all the all the projects and everything that we've done through the, the evolution of the company. Those people bring their own style and, and they're and are actually almost like in the DNA of the company. Yeah. 
it's their style as much as it's our style that, that shapes the shows that they work on. Just going back to scenery as well, of course, another landmark was the, the collaboration, the coming together of Imagine and MI. That's right, yes. So, it, you know, one of, the, one of the tragedies of the pandemic, and in fact, in the lead up to it, was that so many skilled scenic workshops were closing. The owners were either retiring or the businesses just simply couldn't sustain, you know, operation with the advancements in technology and machinery, you know, some of the older workshops just couldn't afford to invest in that in that tech that that modern build premises were able to, you know, bring in and and, and swallow up uh, build contracts. And it was it was apparent during the pandemic as that we could see that were a couple of scenic workshops that specialized in panto were not going to be in existence yeah. they were either using that as an opportunity to wind down or or scale back or or indeed close and as we did massed so many sets and we were building some of our own and we were doing the digital shows we'd always said we really need to look at our own scenic workshop we'd had several conversations with various builders over the years and matthew jakes over at matthew jakes workshops in stratford was also looking at an opportunity to expand and he'd worked with us on a couple of projects and he came over and said, would you be interested in perhaps joining forces? I can build your pantos for you. I've got other stuff that I can do throughout the year. You may have other projects. And it just, it, it kind of just made sense. Yeah. So yeah, we, we set up MI workshops or my workshops. And uh, they've built a couple of our sets we've built for other people. Panto building is a, it requires a specific set of skills that you don't always see in all workshops. Yeah. It requires very detailed artists and, and, and it requires people who understand the genre and the speed at which these shows have to fit up to kind of use that when they're creating the scenery and work alongside designers. And I, yeah, I'm really pleased that we've done that. It's still an ongoing project, you know, that we need more space. Uh, we'd like to invest more in the infrastructure there. But yeah, it's a really good workshop to have. And I guess the other expansion in a way, uh, which came last year with this runaway beast of a company you have, yeah. I think was the biggest year uh, in terms of the jump in the number of shows that you had. And the Trafalgar collaboration was part of that, of course. It really was. You know, that was a lovely opportunity to be able to work with the team up at Trafalgar who have, you know, a very similar vision that we have in creating shows that work for their venues and and in partnerships so that the venues actually feel some ownership of the panto and feel a vested interest in making it as good as it can be sharing our thoughts and canvassing opinion is a really important part of that relationship and it, it was great we took on five Trafalgar venues last year and we also uh, did our first year at the Swansea Grand so it was a really big year and uh, you know on the back of the the, the, the terror that we had in the pandemic that all theatre goers and producers and performers and everybody who works in the industry witnessed for two years we were very fortunate to be able to come out and actually come out stronger and be in a position where we can build on the time that we spent over the pandemic kind of just becoming resilient and working out what we could do to you know to develop the company as we came out of it and and that I think was a, a perfect example we were very fortunate and this year, in the 18th year of the company, as many shows at least as before, it never gets easier, does it? It doesn't, no. And, and bizarrely enough, we're, we're very fortunate to be able to work this year with the Pavilion in Glasgow, which uh, Trafalgar have just taken over the venue. And the, the Pavilion in Glasgow is a most fantastic venue and has the most brilliant reputation for its pantomimes. It's really, really taken, uh, taken to heart by the folk of Glasgow. You know, some of them have been going generations after generations and it's become a real part of their 
proper Glaswegian panto. And the great thing is that we've worked with a number of the people on on pantos in Scotland for the years. You know, we've done pantos in Scotland for longer than the company's been in existence. And you meet, it's it's such a great, a Scottish panto is unlike anything else. And it's great to be able to work with actors in various theatres that we've produced in who are now a part of the Glasgow Pavilion Panto. And Liam Dolan's at the front and centre of that panto we've worked with him for years up at Kilmarnock. Yeah. And, and it's great to be able to, you know, come back and look at opportunities to work with them again. But yeah, so that's an exciting venture. Finally, you're having a party. Uh, uh, are you going to get pizzas in in the office or anything happening? I think we're going to have jellies and ice creams and pizzas. <laughs> no, no if I, it was funny. Somebody says, oh, God, we're 18. We're going to have to start to kind of grow up. And I went, absolutely not. <laughs> we have to carry on as we are and we do what we love. And yeah, we will. We will celebrate it. It's, you know, 18 years is a, it, it, yeah, it's gone in a flash, but it's a real, it's something to celebrate. It's a really important milestone in the company's development and one that I'm immensely proud to to be a part of well listen congratulations and happy birthday and uh, that's to everybody at imagine theater whether they be here in any of the venues everybody who works with you every year happy birthday thank you very much and that's about it for now from another episode thank you once again for helping us to celebrate imagine theater's 18th birthday and for supporting this podcast series now don't forget there are many more fabulous guests still to come next time we'll have another episode in our occasional series looking at pantomime titles and this time it's the turn of jack and the beanstalk so don't miss that and make sure you join me martin ballard next time for episode 53 Thank you for listening to the latest edition of Just Imagine, the podcast series from Imagine Theatre. Happy birthday! And you can find out more by going to www.imaginetheatre.co.uk.